we are going to come and do the roving reporter thing and we're going to ask people in the congregation making it interactive beware what are you thankful for it doesn't matter if you're eight months old well maybe 18 months old or 80 plus doesn't matter it's somewhere in between everybody can participate we're just going to come and uh, so maybe the best way to do it is to start is by throwing up your hand and I will come and get the faraway people and Justine is on a leash for once no I'm just kidding I could get myself in so much trouble yes John Mike, come in, Mike. Okay, I'm talking to Mike right now, and the other thing is off. Great. My friend Mike and I will be coming to talk to you this morning. So throw up your hand, okay? And that way I know to put this thing in your face and you can say what you're thankful for. And if you don't throw up your hand, you've had for fair warning in case I come and ask you anyway. Because I'll come for sure. <laughs> yeah, that's right. Okay. On your mark, get set, Go. I'm thankful for all the uh, people that are ministering to us every Sunday and our music people and yourself. Thank you. I'm thankful that we always have good food in our house to eat. I'm thankful to God that I survived a tragic weekend last Saturday. So are we, Amanda. Thank you. We'll see if we reached. We're thankful to be able to uh, be able to serve others and just be able to receive uh, blessings from others as well. We're thankful for our church family. I'm thankful for my husband who keeps trying. Right on, had a boy. I, I makes, think I makes think, the rest of us look good. Okay. okay. I think a good life is good with Thanksgiving to have a good good with family and friends. Okay, I Sophia. thank you. Thank the Lord for everyday mercies as we get old. <laughs> and thank you for, for my stuffies. All right, thank you for the stuffies. Right on. Put it back here. Your side seems to be more grateful. Haha, <laughs> I was coming for you anyway, so if you didn't put up your hand. Uh, I'm thankful for Skype so that I can keep in, uh, in touch with friends and even Kate in London. And she says hi to everyone. <laughs> wow, that's nice. We're thankful for a beautiful grandson. I'm thankful for my family. And I am thankful for that the Lord Jesus actually was born and came down to this earth and redeemed us all. Thank you so much. Ice cream. That's the translation. Ice cream from Blake. Right Rick, on. in the back is Tia. I can't back. quite reach there. I am on my way, Tia. Um, I'm thankful for that we can live out our faith in this country. I'm thankful for his priceless grace. I'm thankful for his protection in my family. 
I'm thankful for my family that allows me to go all over the world and thankful to God that he keeps me safe when I'm working. And I'm thankful for my family and this church and all it has to offer. I'm thankful for my church family for their prayerful support and for my own family. I thank you for God giving me strength and power that life is good with Thanksgiving and people. Life is be good with family and people around us. Amen. Thank you. I'm going to speak for all men. We're thankful for our wives because they're the glue that hold the household together. When we were asked to picture that one person, yeah, I guess who was in my head. That's right. Amen to that. Anybody else? No pressure, but we're having a good time. I'll go here then there. I'm so thankful to God about his grace and protection upon our family and friends and our church family, everybody here. And thank you for my family and friends. Thank you, Prince. We're thankful for your family. We're glad you're here. Thank you. I thank the Lord for the Christian family and the prayers I had. I had to go through an operation. Thanks for everybody for praying for me. And thank God for taking me through this difficult time. So much to be thankful. Thank you again very much. Val, we're thankful that you're here today and that you're breathing with us. We're really grateful for that. God is good. I think I saw a hand. Oh, I'm not going to reach all the way back there. I'll get it. Way in the back. (laughs) I'm thankful for my granddaughter and daughter. My daughter who's doing so well, as so many of you know, and it's just awesome to have a granddaughter, so I'm just thankful to God for, for my whole family, but those guys especially today. I'm especially thankful for my family and for all their help in our move to the city last weekend. And thanks the Lord for our safety in our travels. Thank you. Great. I'm thankful for the location where God has placed Elam Chapel. Back when the fire occurred, there was talk that we would move to the suburbs. And I'm so glad that we decided not to and that we're here in downtown Winnipeg. I am thankful for all the girls in this church because they are what gives houses for spirit and happiness. Thank you, Eden. Oh, Jubilee. Keep going. I'm going to the back. I'm thankful for all the exercise I'm getting this morning. <laughs> it's, it's great to be mobile. I'm thankful for live turkeys. I'm thankful for church family that pray for our family. Amen. And we're going to keep at it, too. Right. And I'm thankful for the leadership of our church. I'm thankful for Katiana. Hi. (laughs) He's the weird guy with the microphone again. They don't realize this is replacing the sermon, but I didn't tell them that. That's good. Okay. I 
I'm really thankful that somebody looked at those big round orange objects lying on the ground in the fall and decided to turn them into pie. Whoever invented that, I'm very thankful for pumpkin pie. Amen. Amen. I'm thankful for uh, 40 people who came to Alpha hmm. on last week. I was a little stunned but pleased because I prayed for 40. And you should know. I should know better, but I'm pleased. So that's great. Right on. That's how I feel. Yeah. <laughs> you know what? I have an idea. Let's thank God by giving him a hand. Some applause, okay? Another thing to be thankful for is that KidZone is going to start right now. So if you follow Justina, have a good time this morning. We'll see you after the service, okay? Our second reading is from 1 Chronicles 16. Give thanks to the Lord and proclaim his greatness. Let the whole world know what he has done. Sing to him. Yes, sing his praises. Tell everyone about his wonderful deeds. Exalt in his holy name. Rejoice, you who worship the Lord. Search for the Lord and for his strength. Continually seek him. Remember the wonders he has performed, his miracles and the rulings he has given, you children of his servant Israel, you descendants of Jacob, his chosen ones. He is the Lord our God. His justice is seen throughout the land. He remember, remember his covenant forever, the commitment he made to a thousand generations. Let the whole earth sing to the Lord. Each day proclaim the good news that he saves. Publish his glorious deeds among the nations. Tell everyone about the amazing things he does. Great is the Lord. He is most worthy of praise. He is to be feared above all gods. The God of other nations are mere idols, but the Lord made the heavens. Honor and majesty surround him. Strength and joy fill his dwelling. O nations of the world, recognize the Lord. Recognize that the Lord is glorious and strong. Give to the Lord the glory he deserves. Bring your offering and come into his presence. Worship the Lord in all his holy splendor. Let all the earth tremble before him. The world stands firm and cannot be shaken. Let the heavens rejoice and be glad. Tell all the nations, the Lord reigns. Let the sea and everything in it shout his praise. Let the fields and their crops burst out with joy. Let the trees of the forest rustle with praise. For the Lord is coming to judge the earth. Give thanks to the Lord, for he is good. His faithful love endures forever. Cry out, save us, O God of our salvation. Gather and rescue us from among the nations, so we can thank your holy name and rejoice and praise you. Praise the Lord, the God of Israel, who lives from everlasting to everlasting. The word of the Lord.
On Thursday, January 31, 1957, the Parliament of Canada proclaimed, and I quote, a day of general thanksgiving to Almighty God for the bountiful harvest with which Canada has been blessed to be observed on the second Monday in October. Something stimulated the Parliament of Canada to make this decree. And I'm really glad we don't celebrate Thanksgiving in Canada when our American neighbors do it. Because honestly, I feel a lot more thankful in early October than late November. So I've always appreciated that. Plus, how could we take advantage of Black Friday if we were eating turkey? Probably not. But it's a fascinating idea that the government of Canada at that time, almost 50 years ago, said we need to stop and make a special day to say thank you to Almighty God. How many people saw the sign outside the church this morning? What's the title of the sermon? Happy Thanksgiving. Our Creator says, you're welcome. I've been praying about that sign because I didn't want it to be all kind of passive-aggressive, which is my kind of default setting. It's a, it's a long story from my family of origin I won't bother you with right now, but I didn't want to be all passive-aggressive and say, you should be saying thank you to God. But just to tweak people and think, hey, you know what? There's a Creator. And why do we have Thanksgiving? It's kind of sad, bordering on pathetic, to have a day called Thanksgiving, and you're not sure who you're supposed to say Thanksgiving to. Uh, and we have so much to be thankful for. Uh, last night, I was at the uh, International uh, Students Thanksgiving dinner here at Elam. We had a, hundred, a cozy crowd of 180 people squeezed into the MPR, and Jack and Miriam and their staff and volunteers hosted a great event. And I was seated at a table of very bright, very articulate uh, graduate students from Iran. Okay, so all electrical engineers and me. <laughs> so I told them I brought the average IQ in the table down a little bit, but they tolerated me. And it was a really good conversation. And I learned a lot about Iran and Persia and different places. And I even got my phone out at one point to figure out where everyone lived. It was great. They're very grateful to be here in Canada, in this country, where they can experience freedom of expression, and just, just the benefits of being here. For those of us who were born here, I have to warn you, I don't have much patience for people who complain about living here. We all have challenges. We all have you know, challenges with the government and so on. But primarily, they're first world problems. And I have to bite my tongue sometimes when I listen to people complain about this and that being wrong with Canada. I feel like recommending they get a passport and find a better place and relocate, and we'll all be better off in the long run. But I don't do that because that would be passive-aggressive and, and impolite. And I can't be impolite because I'm a Canadian. We're supposed to be polite. But I feel like saying that. It's like, okay, move. Find another place, you know. Don't breathe my oxygen. Go find some other place where you can be more grateful for living there. But I'm thinking again, I was thinking this week, 
who are we actually thankful for as a country? Who do we express our thanks for? It's a genuine concern. And so on Friday, I thought, well, I'm going to take my, take my handy-dandy phone, and I'm going to wander down Portage Avenue. I had an appointment at a coffee shop in the afternoon anyway. I had to meet someone. And uh, on my way, I'm going to shoot some streeter interviews, some videos, and just ask people, what are you thankful for this weekend? And who do you say thank you to? Well, my first conversation extended about 10 minutes, and this person actually was going to the same destination, so I never got around to shooting the video. It was very, very interesting, because unfortunately, when I asked this person, what are you thankful for this weekend, they almost dissolved into tears. I'm always making people cry unintentionally. It's a little awkward. And they, she started saying, oh, I've got this awkward situation. I'm not sure if I'm going to Thanksgiving dinner with my family and blah, blah, blah. It's like, oh, I'm so sorry. <laughs> I'm not sorry I asked. I said, I feel badly for you. And so we talked a little bit about that. And who knows, someday she said she promised she would show up on a Sunday. And I always take that as like, sure, great. You know, there's, we'll save you a spot. Um, but I wanted to get a feel for what people think and, and, and what they think about Thanksgiving. And it reminded me of a passage in the Bible that I, I want to read uh, to you. It's um, in the book of Acts. It's an interesting story that um, the Apostle Paul was uh, dealing with. He had been preaching through um, Greece, going on a tour through uh, Greece, uh, planting churches and so on. That's, that's kind of what his thing was. And he, at one point in his journey, he came to Athens, which was kind of the center of the universe uh, at the time, an intellectual center for sure. And he was waiting for the rest of his missionary team to catch up with them. And this is what happened. While Paul was waiting for the rest of his team in Athens, he was deeply troubled by the idols that he saw everywhere in the city. So he went to the synagogue, being of a Jewish background, of course, to reason with the Jews and God-fearing Gentiles, and he spoke daily in the public square to all who happened to be there. He also had a debate with some of the Epicurean and Stoic philosophers when he told them about Jesus and the resurrection. He said, what's this babbler trying to say with all these strange ideas he's picked up? And others said, he seems to be talking about some foreign gods. Then they took him to the high council of the city, like basically the mayor's office, Come and tell us about this new teaching. You're saying some rather strange things, and we want to know what it's all about. It should be explained that all the Athenians, as well as the foreigners in Athens, seem to spend all their time discussing the latest ideas. So Paul, standing before the council, addressed them as follows. Men of Athens, I notice that you're very religious in every way. He's really shrewd. He pays them a compliment. You guys are obviously very spiritual people. For as I was walking along, I saw your many shrines, and one of your altars had this inscription on it, to an unknown God. This God, whom you worship without knowing, is the one I'm telling you about. He is the God who made the world and everything in it. Since he is Lord of heaven and earth, he doesn't live in man-made temples, and human hands can't serve his needs, for he has no needs. He himself gives life and breath to everything, and he satisfies our every need. From one man, he created the nations through the whole earth. He decided beforehand when they should rise and fall and determine their boundaries. 
His purpose was for the nations to seek after God and perhaps feel their way toward him and find him. Though he's not far from any one of us. In fact, in him we live and move and exist. As some of your own poets have said, we are his offspring. And since this is true, we shouldn't think of God as an idol designed by craftsmen from from gold or silver or stone. God overlooked people's ignorance about these things in earlier times, but now he commands everyone everywhere to repent of their sins and turn to him. For he set up a day for judging the world with justice by the man he has appointed, and he has proved to everyone who this is by raising him from the dead. When they heard Paul talk about the resurrection of the dead, some laughed in contempt, but others said, we want to hear more about this. That ended Paul's discussion with them. But some joined him and became believers. Among them were Dionysius, a member of the council, a woman named Damaris, and others with him. So I was imagining Paul walking down Portage Avenue on Thanksgiving weekend, talking to people, what's with this Thanksgiving thing? Do you know the God, do you know the God that you're talking about? Do you know the God that you're originally supposed to be thanking? He's, he's, he's so close, you can almost touch him. And he wants to know you and be in relationship with you. So close, you can almost taste it. So he would say to the Canadians, wow, it's great that you're celebrating Thanksgiving this weekend. You devoted a whole weekend. You actually have a statutory holiday. Statutory, sorry. Not a, not a holiday where you build statues. A statutory holiday that everyone is, if as much as possible, ceases to work on those days and you celebrate, you devote a day to say thank you to God for all the goodness of, that he's bestowed on your country. And he'd be wondering and he would be very disturbed, I think, as he walked down Portage to see, is anybody at that university there thankful to God? Is anybody at Portage Place Mall hanging out and in the shops? Is anybody there acknowledging God? Is anyone there at the MTS Center acknowledging God? And, and further down and further down, is anybody at all in Winnipeg acknowledging God and thanking Him? I'm not saying this to make us feel guilty and bad or to shame people, but there's something about this weekend that I find quite ironic. We, we encourage people to be thankful, but we don't go any further to say who we should be thanking. And it's good to have a grateful, you know, we talk about having an attitude of gratitude and having this warm and fuzzy thing, and, and, and it's a time for people and families, whether they're functional or not, try to gather around the table and get through a turkey dinner without using sharp implements on each other, but on the food instead, and that's good. I'm only half joking, unfortunately, because I know sometimes what families are like, but we don't really focus on who we should be thanking. And that can be one of, that can be our contribution to Canadian society. We can encourage our friends and neighbors to meet the person that we're actually saying thank you to on Thanksgiving. Think about it. There is a creator. Remember, at, in, uh, back in September, we talked about the, it, it, 
makes absolute rational sense to believe that there is a creator, uh, an intelligent design behind the universe. Whether it took a long time, a relatively short time, the details are interesting, but the big question is, it's the who. It's not so much the how we got here, but who. And that person, God, reveals himself through another person, Jesus Christ, and invites us into relationship with him. And on Thanksgiving, it's a brilliant opportunity to say, the person you're saying thanks to is real and desires to have a friendship with you. And he's right there. Paul was shrewd in his evangelism. He started off by building bridges to his audience, right? So he pays them a compliment. He says, you guys are really spiritual. People like to be called spiritual these days. They say, well, I'm not into church. I'm, I'm, I have my own spirituality. Or I've always been a spiritual person. Whatever the dickens that means, I don't know. But it's a nice out, you know, and, it, and it's a nice people say, you know, I have my own faith. Who knows what it is? Sometimes you don't find out what your faith is until someone you care about is in the emergency ward, and then you find out what you've got. How much better to try to sort that out beforehand. But that's okay. God often works through crisis. Hitting bottom is one of the best things that can ever happen to a person. Really. Sounds kind of ironic, but I had a conversation with somebody this week who said the very, I explained this very same thing. If, if you truly have hit bottom, that's a wonderful thing. And he thought I had two heads instead of one. And I sort of pulled my heads back together and said, no, really, it's good. Because that's when we acknowledge our need for God. What Paul was trying to do in this conversation in Athens was, was encouraging people to hit bottom and see their need for the Creator. And saying, this God, this unknown God that you're talking about, this vague sense of, well, I think they're, let's call it the, the Canadian Thanksgiving God, okay? Just for, just, I, okay, there's Yahweh, okay? But let's, let's, for the sake of this morning, considering the Canadian Thanksgiving God, there's a vague deity out there that somehow is nice to give us turkey and a warm place to live and the family members that we care about and appreciate. Now, we won't talk to that Thanksgiving God about the family members we don't like, but that's... Anyway, um, you're going to think I don't like my family. That's not true. I'm just saying in general. Families are sometimes complicated. But this vague Canadian Thanksgiving God, we, we should feel kind of a warm, fuzzy feeling, but he's not real. He's not personal. He doesn't really have any power to change me or change anything else. It's just kind of a warm, fuzzy feeling. Well, I'm not talking about the, the vague Canadian Thanksgiving God. I'm talking about the creator of the universe. He's not far from us. He's revealed himself in a real, live person who wants to transform us from the inside out. There's, there's a powerful potential in following Jesus where people can actually be changed, where there's hope for change. If you feel stuck in life, Stuck in problems, stuck with attitudes, stuck 
in hatred and bitterness, stuck in addiction, Jesus can set you free. If you're not struggling with any of those particular issues, great. Great. Then God will use you to help somebody else. I'm sure. Jesus can set us free from religion, which is awesome news. This idea of performance-based religion where we try to earn God's approval by doing things on a regular basis to make him approve of us. Jesus can set us free of that too. And that's something to be thankful for. I love Bodo's comment where he just gave thanks for Jesus. I, I'm not trying to give you a gold star, brother. I just really vibrated with that. I res- resonated with that because that's kind of the bottom line. And what Paul wanted people to know is that this the power of Jesus is possible and accessible to all of us. I don't know if you noticed in this story, but the talk, his presentation was going fairly well until he got to the issue of the resurrection. And that's usually the rub when you talk to people about Jesus. Sorry, people just don't come back from the dead. It's, that's, a, that's a wacky part of the gospel, okay? I don't get that. And of course not. Because it's supernatural. It's out of our normal experience, right? I haven't gone to a funeral yet where someone's said, wait a minute, you know, hold time out. No. But Jesus did that. He, he messed up a couple of perfectly good funerals, actually, in the Gospels. Not that they were perfectly good, but they, I, because of tremendous dis- disruption. And he promises to do that at the end of time because those people who follow him They'll die, but they won't die forever. Their physical bodies will give out, but the essence of them will never die, which is pretty cool. But when people heard about the resurrection of Jesus, some of them started scoffing and said, you're whacked, Paul, you're nuts, this is crazy. And other people said, well, let's hear some more. And a few of them started to follow Jesus. That's generally what happens when we explain the gospel to a group of people, some people will just respond with ridicule. That, that's crazy. That's nuts. Some people say, huh, tell me more. I'm kind of intrigued. And other people say, the nickel drops in. Yeah, I'm in on that. So when we talk about, to our friends and neighbors this Thanksgiving weekend, about the fact that there is a living God who created us, and is actually sustaining the planet right now and providing everything we need for our rich enjoyment, especially in a first world country like this, that people are trying to get into and generally not trying to leave. We can be thankful and point them towards the creator who wants relationship with us. And then we can say, you know what? He's not just this passive deity out there. He's actively involved, and he wants a relationship with you. And he has come. He's designed it so that we can know life to the full, that our joy in life will be full. Not our happiness, but our joy. And he offers that to us, which is just, again, it's just a fascinating opportunity to get in on. And Paul, in his uh, letter to the Thessalonians, 
closes with this. Now, these are people who follow Jesus, okay? And he said, he gives them some, just some short advice in a letter to the Thessalonians. He says, always be joyful, never stop praying, be thankful in all circumstances, for this is God's will for you who belong to Jesus Christ. So if you believe in Jesus, if you put your trust in the Jesus, the power of Jesus to change people from the inside out, this Jesus of the resurrection that Paul was talking about in Athens, not the vague God of Canadian Thanksgiving, but the real living God, if you put your trust in him, this is what he wants you to do. He says, always be joyful. Never stop praying. Be thankful in all circumstances. Now, fortunately... He doesn't say, be thankful for all circumstances, but in all circumstances. That means that we don't have to be thankful when something bad happens. Say, oh God, I'm so glad that this disaster has fallen on me. He's not saying that. That would be perverse and cruel, right? But even in the midst of trauma, even in the midst of a mess, of something awkward and painful and difficult to live with, we can still find things to thank God for. Right? Sometimes we have to look harder than other times. But we can still look, look for things to be thankful for. Not because God is commanding us and saying, you owe me, people. You need to be thankful to me. He's saying, look. Look what I'm doing in your life. Even though it's messy and complicated, look what I'm doing. You can still trust me and, and thank me. There's a book I love to, to recommend to you. It's called um, 1,000 Gifts. Is anyone familiar with this book, Anne Voskamp? Anne Voskamp is an excellent writer and blogger. She is uh, married to a farmer in southwest Ontario, and they're also homeschooling six kids. I don't even know how she had ever found the time to write a book. But... What she realized one day is experiencing the fullness of life and following Jesus, she needed that she, she realized that she needed to change her attitude and start being grateful for things. So she started jotting down little things, and she actually set out to compile a list of 1,000 things that she's thankful for. No duplicates. <laughs> 1,000 things. And just, just call what we would call common graces. Just small things that we are just grateful for. So um, it would be something just as simple as you see in nature or the smile on a child or the, the feeling of, for those of us who drink coffee, a good cup of coffee. Some of you can relate to that and are starting to think about it right now. Um, Things like that. Just just small, common graces. And Anne was stimulated to start this list because she was in a doctor's office one day and she saw, I don't know if you're familiar with this other fascinating book, A Thousand Places to Visit Before You Die. Someone gave me a copy of that book. and It's a great book, but it inspired so much envy and I'm thinking, I'm never going to make it till these thousand places, you know. And, and she kind of felt the same way. She said, I've got six kids. We've got this farm to run. It's like, this is not realistic. And she said, it's great to have a bucket list, per se, of things you want to do before you die. But she said, I want to live right now. I want to make the most of today. So she started to work compiling a list of 1,000 gifts that God the Creator 
had already given her. It was just a matter of noticing and paying attention. Well, that's a good exercise for us to do. And something amazing happens when we say thanks to God. Here's our... I'm sorry I don't have PowerPoint today. I'm very thankful for my friend Dave who's working on my computer, but that explains why we don't have a PowerPoint today. But here's time for our Greek lesson, okay? The word um, for give thanks in Greek is eucharisteo, okay? That's where we get the word eucharist. Some churches celebrate the eucharist or communion or the Lord's Supper, okay? The root word of that is charis, which is grace. Right in the middle of that book is grace. So when there's something amazing that happens, when we give thanks to God, we experience his grace. Something changes in us. When we acknowledge, hey, God, God's being, God is being kind to me right now. My circumstances might be really miserable. But even behind the clouds, the sun is shining somewhere. Okay? I think I told you this story once. Uh, Luann and I and our, our family were uh, living in Austria for a few months. And we went to see the tallest mountains in Austria. It was going to be a great thing. It was exhilarating drive. And uh, I had a, a car with a standard transmission and no power steering. And these crazy hairpin turns. I don't know how we ever got up and down safely, but my arms were killing me at the end of the day. But we made it. And we're going to see the Grossglockener. Did I say that with a good accent? Sort of. The Grossglockener. Anyway, the highest mountain in Austria. It was going to be great. And we got to the top. And what did we see? Clouds. <laughs> clouds. Covered in clouds. So we bought some postcards so we knew what they looked like. But we saw it. We were there. We just didn't see it. Now think about that. Because God's kindness and goodness is still there. We don't always recognize it. God is still there. Luann had this profound theological statement at the end of the day. She's usually right in our family, so I'm glad she's not here today. But she said, you know what? That reminds me that God's still there, even though we don't always see it. He's still there, right? The mountain's still behind the clouds. Yep, you're right. He's still there. So with that attitude, we can live life choosing to be joyful, choosing to be joyful, choosing to see God working, right? And having praying all the time and being thankful in all circumstances. Not for all circumstances, but in. And I think that's a realistic thing and a very grace-filled thing for God to ask us to do. Be grateful in all circumstances. Boy, I sure hope that you're not thanking this vague deity of Canadian Thanksgiving, this fuzzy thing, my prayer for you is that you connect directly with the creator and sustainer of life in the universe who revealed himself through Jesus Christ as son. We know this happened because of the resurrection. And because of the resurrection, what a game changer. He changes us and brings new life. 
That's the person I'm giving thanks to this weekend. That's why I'm excited about that. It's not some vague thing I try to summon up and, well, I should feel grateful to somebody for something, I don't know, toss the turkey. No. He's alive. And he wants relationship with us. And he's right there. And if you start looking for you, looking for him, he's going to find you, guaranteed. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we want to thank you for your grace and kindness to us. We want to thank you for all the things that we take for granted. We confess as Canadians, we have life really good. And generally, our problems are first world problems. So I pray that you would bless us today. And um, just help us to, to encounter this living God of thanksgiving that we talk about. Not some vague idea of you, but a living God. Thank you for this church, Father. Thank you for the families represented here. We pray your blessing on them. In Jesus' name, amen. I'm going to close with an evening prayer by a fellow named G.K. Chesterton. And this is what he said. Here dies another day during which I have had eyes, ears, hands, and the great world round me. And with tomorrow begin, begins another. Why am I allowed to? Think about that. Why am I allowed an extra day? And maybe one after that and one after that. Chesterton was just saying, live in the moment. Give thanks to God for what we have. May a spirit of thanksgiving just swell up in your hearts today. And enjoy thanksgiving. Enjoy God's grace. God bless.